Welcome back to the Ed Morrissey Show podcast. Today's Thursday, September 15th, 2022, the Ides of September. I guess we have to beware the Ides of September. Maybe we have to beware Dwayne Generalissimo Patterson of the Hugh Hewitt Show, my co-host every Thursday for the Ed Morrissey Show podcast. Um, and Dwayne, I think that we have to beware the Ides of CNN today from what we what we found yeah. out. It's not just the Ides of, of uh, it's not just the Ides of September. We are we are T minus eight days from the uh, from the celebration of the birth of of Dwayne. Wow, I didn't realize that. So you know, well, I will wish you a happy birthday next week, and unless you're not going to be available. Uh, no, I think I'm going to be around. I, I don't I don't I don't plan on on deceasing myself anytime anytime soon. I mean, I've I've got I've got four call at least three or four columns of the queue that that I want to see run. So so uh, you know I'm 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 not going to go I'm not going to go I, I don't plan on taking a dirt nap before at least see my name in in print. Well, we're going to get the CNN story in just a minute because that's kind of fun. But the big news this morning was that overnight the the pending the impending i should say rail strike was uh, was at least postponed it's probably been averted depending on whether the workers accept the deal that was cut last night the tentative deal that was cut last night uh, uh i hope they do i hope they take the deal and thank thank god that happens i mean if you want to separate yourself from what's good or not good for the country and you just put purely a partisan hat on things it would have been yeah. tremendous for the Republicans if everything just went, you know, it turned into a national shit show. But um, yeah, I don't it, really it want to would, live in a national shit show, though. So I'm happy not, that they got it heard would it. Not, it would not have been cool to go through. No, no, not at all. I'm not for the workers, not for everybody else either. I mean, the idea behind, you know, uh, organized labor representation is to find some way to reach an accommodation oh, between that, management and labor. And they, they managed to do that last night. The White House and, was part of that. And, 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 and the precipice this was at, if this would have gone on for any kind of protracted period of time, the second and third order consequences is it would have killed people. I mean, it, 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 yeah. it would, it would have. Um, yes. You would have had problems with, 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 you know, water treatment plants you would have had problems getting uh, people's houses heated this winter i mean it really it was it's a fuel, it was fuel supplies yeah it, it was yeah you were you were playing with you were playing with anarchy at, at some point i mean yeah. it would have you would have had uh, resources scarce enough that it would have it would have broken down normal societal order it, it would yeah, have been it, bad it would have been very bad it would have been very bad on the other hand when you look at this deal I don't know. I mean, nobody came out of this a loser, which is actually not a bad achievement if you're in labor negotiations. But I don't know that anybody really came out of this a winner either. The workers apparently want some concessions on time off, right, which was a big issue going into this because apparently they weren't getting any PTO, at least according to the coverage of this or what they were getting was very insufficient. Supposedly, they've won some concessions on that. Um and they got a 24% increase over the next five years, plus an $11,000 bonus or up to $11,000 bonus. Um, but the $11,000 bonus is to cover the cost of living issues over the last two years of negotiating the contract. So that's mostly backward looking. That's that they're making up money that they had lost through the stagnation of a, of a stalled contract. Um, and 24% over 
five years sounds good, right? I mean, it doesn't sound bad and it's not bad, but we're living in an era of 8.3% consumer you, price right. index inflation. And that's been all going on for a year. All it's really doing is it's helping insulate them from inflation mostly, but not entirely. Mostly. You know, and again, if you get inflation in, uh, under control next year or the year after, the final two or three years of this contract, those increases are going to look pretty nice. But for right now, I mean, it's it really doesn't even keep up with the the wage erosion that's been going on in the American economy over right. the last but, year. Plus. But how many? But how many millions of people, including you and me, working for the company we work for? How how many? How many? How many people have not seen any wage uh, hikes? in response to the inflation that has been running amok the last 18 months. How, how many people really have not seen that kind of a raise? A I lot. Love company. I love my company. I, I, I love my I, job. I love I, what I do. My I, company's wonderful. <laughs> I understand that, but you know, we're not, we're certainly not the only ones out there. No, 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 no. And, and look, I mean, you know, the, the part of the problem here with this settlement and it's not, I mean, it's, it's really inevitable because you knew that they were going to get some sort of wage increase. But the problem is, in terms of inflation, it, on the macro level, right? I'm not saying that the workers didn't deserve an increase. They just, you know, I think all workers deserve an increase, especially when you've got inflation running this hot, because people's, you know, you want to make sure that people's buying power is at least keeping up with things, if you're an employer. Um, but the problem with this is, is it's going to make distribution more expensive, right? I mean, the costs are going to go up for distribution as a result of this agreement. And again, unavoidable, inevitable, you go into this knowing that, but what does that do to prices for consumers? In the end, what does it do? It jacks them up. Jacks them up, it jacks them up. And we're already in an inflationary cycle as it is. And so- right. what, what do you think happens out in California when they're, when they're talking about passing a new law in California that after they raise fast food workers' prices at a new minimum wage to $15 an hour, and all not, of a sudden- It's not just 15, they're talking about $22 I, an hour for I, fast I food I know, they, they, they went to 15, and right after they went to 15, they discovered all of a sudden that burgers no longer cost three and four bucks, but burgers now cost 10 and, and, and right. 11 and 12 bucks. And nobody gained any ground. And all of a sudden, it's just, you know, the, the whole, the, the ratio shifted, the paradigm shifted, right. but it's still the same problem. And they went, well, the, 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 the bottom end, the entry level workers, they, they don't, they don't have a living wage again. We've got to bump it up to $22 an hour to flip burgers. Guess yeah. what it's going to, guess what the, those burgers at 10, 11 bucks are now going to cost 16, 17 bucks. Right. Right. And, we're, mean, and we're, you know, it, at some this point, is minimum, it's the minimum wage argument. I mean, this is the minimum, minimum wage argument too. You're, you're, right. That's exactly, that's what I'm saying. You're eventually going to, you can pay these workers 400 grand a year. At some point, yeah. it's not, it's not going to be enough because the, the, the increased demand that that money provides is going to chase a finite amount of supply of goods. And it's going to drive the price up to the point where that $400,000 that you're all of a sudden getting now that you thought is a big windfall, it doesn't go as far and you're right back up to a new equilibrium. It, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And you know what that's called? A wage price spiral, which is why you don't want to keep jacking up the minimum wage is because you induce a wage price spiral and you create inflation. 
Now we've already got enough inflationary pressures in this economy already. Without, ha without having to uh, add inflationary pressures from the sidelines. Right, exactly. Now again, this is a, this is a, a wide scale labor negotiation. You knew going in that costs were going to go up because of it. And so that's sort of baked into the cake, but the stuff that California is doing as an example is unnecessary. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's they're creating, they're creating problems that didn't exist before. It's gratuitous stupidity. Yes, it is gratuitous stupidity. And, and look, I mean, I think that the workers, I think everybody, you know, Nobody really loses in this, especially in the short term. The workers get to stay on the job. They get they get some better pay. They get some time off that they didn't get before. That's that's a successful labor negotiation. But they didn't win very much in terms of compensation. And the impact of those price increases to distribution is likely to have the same effect, maybe to a lesser degree, as what you just described. Is it's again all of these, all of these. Uh, cost shifts are going to create more wage uh, erosion. And this is a reason why when you're trying to calculate economic growth while trying to avoid inflation, you're much better off incentivizing production, which we used to call supply-side economics, right. uh, which the left derives as trickle-down economics. It's not trickle-down. It's supply-side economics, which expands the, the supply and then organically increases the demand for it so you can maintain uh, price equi equilibrium while getting more people employed, right. and uh, especially in a manufacturing sense. Um, I'm just going after we're going after demand side economics, which is a series of sugar highs. Correct. <laughs> that 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 peter out quickly. That lead to a demand for more sugar highs, and right. you get in an inflationary cycle like this. And it leads to it leads every time you do one of those, it leads to a greater need to go back and do it the right way, which is address the supply side. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and speaking of the supply side, I'm glad that both sides in this, at least apparently, uh, the leadership of both sides in this in this labor dispute, in this in this rail dispute. Um, maybe maybe they both sides realized the gravity of what they were talking about and the game yeah. of chicken they were playing i mean it's one thing if you are you know you know a teamsters union or or a a teachers union in a in a specific school district i mean while you know every every kid is is invaluable and you want education to continue and you hate things like you know the seattle strike and all that kind of stuff that was going on that's a regional strike. It affects one cohort of people. It doesn't, it's not, you know, an endemic societal decaying move. Whereas this rail strike, they were, they were not just playing a game of chicken. They were, they were playing a game of chicken with the entire U S economy. Yep. Yep. I completely agree with that. And I'm glad that the game of chicken is over. Now, if the workers don't accept this, um, then we're screwed. Well, well, we may be screwed. Because uh, the Reuters reported this is that generally speaking, these types of agreements have um, several weeks of a cooling off period agreed to in the case of worker rejection of a contract. Right. Uh, I don't think that I don't think that the workers really want to go out and strike. You know, as I wrote earlier this morning, the juice just isn't worth the squeeze, which is a phrase that, you know, Storm actually reminded me right. of. Like, I think I first heard that in Heat, right? <laughs> the movie Heat. Um, right. But the juice isn't really worth the squeeze here. And um, they're getting something out of this and they're going to at least get something that's at least a plus 
out of this. You know, apparently PTO plus at least coming back into parity with um, with the cost of living over the last couple of years. Right. Uh, so I expect them to, to to ratify this. But even if they don't, all that means in the moment is that we've, we've got to go back into negotiations for at least several more weeks. We've, we, we've at least bought some time before we're, yep. we're up against uh, up against the deadline again. Yep, exactly. Now, I, I'll throw this out there because I don't really think that this is the case, but you're, I mean, I'm already starting to get feedback. Well, this is exactly what they intended. The White House, uh, you know, pushed the workers and the unions into, um, into playing hardball so that they could step in and save the day. I don't know. I don't think so. I'm not buying that. I, I don't, first off, I don't think they're smart enough. No. <laughs> this is not a, this is not a, this is not a strategically inclined White House, right? <laughs> so you, I don't think they're you smart cannot, enough. To you cannot make the sale with me that the same White House that on the day the CPI is supposed to come out, they decide to throw a celebration party for the, for the, C, the, the, the same, the same White House that decides to have a one month celebration football spike of the Inflation Reduction Act to already take credit for money that hasn't even been dumped into the system yet on a day when CPI comes out, not knowing in advance what the CPI number is going to be. Yeah. And bringing out James Taylor to sing a suicide death dirge. dirge. You, you can't had a great tell me column that. on this. You had a great VIP column on this. I mean, it was so much fun uh, I, <laughs> to run yeah, that one. It was, hey, it was it was early. You know, we, we, we got you in the in the queue early this week. Normally, I'd run your column today. Yeah, that was awesome, though. I had to that, run that one right away. That uh, that column, honestly, that that column wrote itself. I was just I was just the, I was just the typist, but that 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 column wrote itself. Uh, thank you, by the way. Um, that was a fun column to write. Anyway, that that, uh, that that same group of people that couldn't figure the optics, the economics, the political blowback, every aspect of the debacle that yesterday or, or uh, two days ago was, every single bit of that, you can't tell me that same group of people were shrewd and calculating enough to kind of stage a potential strike uh, uh, doomsday scenario specifically so that they could go in and, and save it wag the dog style. You, no. you can't make that sale with me. I'm not going to buy that one either. This, yeah. And I think this actually surprised them. I don't think they got involved until, until very late in the game because I don't think they were paying attention to it. And I where still was don't. I, where was Pete Buttigieg? I know? was just going to say, I still don't know where Pete Buttigieg is. I mean, Marty Walsh got involved because he's labor secretary and that makes some sense, but this is transportation. <laughs> this is this is the backbone of transportation, especially in Joe Biden's eyes. Right? I mean, nothing's more important to Joe Biden than the choo-choos, right? The choo-choo is his solution for everything. And Pete hey. Buttigieg is MIA again. Pete, he's AWOL. Pete Buttigieg is to transportation what Kamala Harris is to the, to the border. I think that just speaks for itself. Let's move on to another topic because yeah. I, think, I think that's a I think that's a great summation. All right, there's lots of stuff to talk about today. We should probably hit the CNN thing since we teased it first. So let's go there first. Um, I don't think this is going to take long to to, <laughs> to flesh out, but 
where's yeah, where's, where's where's the Titanic theme? Um, de- and and they're just moving around the deck chair. My heart will go on. My my heart will go on. Don Lemon my, will go on. Don he's Lemon, only just, Don Lemon only just yeah, he's 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 only just begun. He's giving up his nighttime rants to do to do uh, mornings because everybody's going to want to hear what Don Lemon's take is on things in you the know, new CNN. You know, I, and I get why they're making changes. Uh, it's because John Berman and uh, Brianna Keeler, as good or as not good, depending on your point of view, as they are, they're just simply not getting the ratings. And that's that's the key. And they're not getting the ratings after the people, uh, after Allison Camerata and John Berman did not get the ratings. Right. After the morning team before that didn't get, they've changed that, they've, they've rearranged that deck chairs on that morning show eight times. Yep. And they it's have. not... And it's not working. It'll and John work. Berman's been part of it the entire, almost the entire time, right? I mean, so, as and I like John Berman. I think John Berman tries to play it as in the center as, as he can. Uh, I think Brianna Keeler is, was getting better at that. But I think that, um, I think that that ticked off some people at CNN. And so her position was sort of untenable. There's, they're going to remain with the network, but they're not going to be, they're not going to be never, there has never been any any pairing if you're going to have a morning show there's been ne- there's been no pairing that cnn has offered that has any kind of uh, a charisma or you know right. natural natural where the two hosts bounce off each other and kind of have fun you know poking each other and and have some relationship you know fox and friends they at least different kind of show that's a talk show though and see, this is the this is i mean this gets to the key of this Fox and Friends is a talk show. Morning Joe is a talk show. CNN right. is trying to do straight news in that space, and it wasn't and, working. And it's not, and it, and they can't force it to work. It's not no. going to work. Um, if you've rearranged the deck, deck chairs eight times, um, and it's still not working, the 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 idea isn't to do it the ninth and tenth time with other existing people that. Yeah. Aren't drawing ratings on the network already. I mean, Don Lemon has never been a ratings boon for CNN. Nobody well, watches. No, I mean, this is this is the curious part for me. Okay, so I get that. Not even Chris doing... Cuomo watches Don Lemon now. Right. I mean, <laughs> that's that's funny, actually. But um, but I mean, if you're gonna say, well, well, let's get a chatty talk show in that space, because apparently that's what sells, and it's the only way we're gonna be able to compete against Fox and MSNBC. That I understand if you get hosts that are you know worthwhile chatty hosts don lemon his ratings were terrible in um in that in the primetime space he's because he was not a sanct- straight yeah. no he's sanctimonious he is he is lecturing whining preening that's nobody wants to hear that when they first get up in the morning they no. just don't well, apparently they don't want straight news either. So, I mean, they're going to see well, They're going to if, Fox if, and MSNBC. So, if if they if they don't want straight news, then then Don Lemon may be the guy for them. Well, and I think the problem with this is, at least from the initial report, right? For you know, Chris Light was supposed to. Is it Light or Licked? I don't know how to pronounce. I it. think it's Licked, but I, okay, I Chris Licked. Um. Uh, Chris Licht was supposedly trying to reposition the network back to the middle, back to more of a straight news type of, um, uh, you know, function. This is the opposite direction. I mean, you're putting a huge opinionator 
in a straight news slot, or at least what had been a straight news slot. So, you know, I'm a, not so a, sure a that lefty, I'm not so sure that I'm a not so lefty sure that, opinionator. That, yes, I know a lefty yeah. opinionator with a proven track record of no ratings right into into a morning drive show so so explain to me how that fits into the supposed mission of chris licht to turn cnn into a into a credible straight news organization because honest to god i mean i under, i would have understood if he just left don lemon in the 10 you know 10 p.m slot that i would have understood but moving him into a straight news slot at 8 a.m eastern time uh, I, I don't get that at all if you if your mission is to make cnn more credible as a news organization you're not gonna you're not gonna like my answer but the there's only one reason to make that move Uh, okay let's hear your answer of the morning shows on msnbc fox news and cnn he would be the only african-american host yeah that i that may be very well the case And, and and Regardless of whether he sucks of hind tit, regardless of I wouldn't watch him with your eyes because of his politics, Chris may have felt we got to have somebody that's an African American at least trying to make a play for the black for, for for a black viewer, and they put they put Don Lemon in there. Let's try that and see if that works. I mean, I'd almost say why not? I mean, Poppy Harlow is supposed to be moving into that slot too, and I'd almost say why not just have Poppy Harlow center that? Then she's the only female main host in the mornings because you've got joe scarborough who's the anchor on morning joe and you've got you know brian kilmeade who acts more or less as the center square on uh fox and friends i mean so if you're playing that game you could just go with poppy harlow and not get all of the baggage that don lemon's going to bring to that right uh, but at any rate i i think i think his mornings are going to become more useless i i don't i i I agree but i I think i think that's the only reason they're doing it is they're they're making a play on i think it's a a racial hire i think there's another reason for it okay i think there's another reason for it and you may not agree with this but i think that after the different moves that chris licht made that there was a tremendous amount of pressure on him to keep don lemon around and (laughs) honest to god pressure from who well i think pressure from the other staff members who are you know already sort of revolting at some of the other changes that they were making you think he honestly do you think he cares i think he he might and this so so hear me out okay i think he's i think he's throwing lemon into that slot oh setting him up setting him up to fail giving him utterly fail because there's no way that don lemon turns that ratings titanic right and, and after and after a, and after a quarter or two of that and 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 there is not even a dead count uh count bounce in the in the morning ratings then he's then he's warranted to blow him out next and say okay yeah. you're gone let's let's go now now we're bringing anderson cooper yeah, or <laughs> or somebody right uh, and go back to a straight news format and see how it works but I don't see Don Lemon as a morning anchor kind of guy in, in that sense, especially if they're still setting it up, which it sounds like to be a news review, not a talk show. And it's going to, well, and it's going to frustrate the hell out of Lemon too, because the morning format is a much smaller segment format. There's more breaks, there's more uh, different yeah. elements that are thrown in. He can't just prattle on and, and preen for 
you know, 10, 12, 14 minute segments like he does at night when, when they, you know, the only, the only spots you have is for, you know, weight loss commercials and, and, and nonstick frying pans. Yeah. It really is a different kind of job in that slot. And I'm not sure. sure. I mean, Lemon's being very positive about it right now, but, but, but he can't go off and be the Don Lemon he is at night in a morning shift. It doesn't allow for it. No, it's not the same. It's not the same kind of audience either. I mean, you're talking about people who are getting up, getting ready for work, who want to be briefed on what's right. going on. At least and, some of them do. And it, and if he whines and nags for for you know four or five minutes, six minutes at a stretch, people are going to say, "I don't have time for this crap," and and they're gone. Yep, yep. All right. Um, we should talk a little bit about Lindsey Graham's uh, abortion restriction bill, and yeah. and, the, and the curious okay. timing behind this because yeah. you and I. You and I would both like to see more restrictions on abortion because we don't we, because we think abortion is appalling. Look, I, but I, I know what was in his timing heart. And forum, and timing and forum, timing and forum, man. As as the as the old saying goes, timing is everything. Um, I'm glad you started leaning forward because I actually honestly thought that maybe you froze up and I'm going to have to <laughs> jump in and do something. Uh, no, that's 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 an old that's an old radio yeah. gag. Yeah. Um, as my as my first uh, radio boss said, um, the uh, um, long periods of silence are followed by either lo- by are followed by even longer periods of unemployment. Um, <laughs> So here's what I, I got think. A, I got a fun story to tell you about timing, but go ahead and finish your. Finish okay. Your. So so here's here's what I think Lindsey Graham's up to. He saw what I mean. He's he's been on judiciary forever. He knows the Dobbs debate. He knows the Roe v. Wade debate. He knows what this is all about. And if you look at what Roe actually tried to be in its original context before it got perverted with Casey, before the left hijacked it and turned it into whatever they want. To it, it to be yep. and what it to mean. Roe actually had limits on abortion. It was basically a first trimester based thing, right? It was a it was abortion right. on demand after first trimester, and then after that, not so much. Casey decided the whole trimester thing was kind of nebulous, and they kind of redefined it, and it's it, it gradually turned into you can have an abortion whenever you want because they just kind of willed it to be so over the, over the course of time and successive yep. court decisions. So here comes the Democratic Party after Dobbs happens. And they're like, why? We're going to codify Roe. We're going to hold a vote. They hold a vote in the House, not to codify Roe, because codifying Roe would be pretty much looking exactly what, like what Lindsey Graham's bill actually does, right? Yep. yep. So... Uh, the Democrats wanted to quote unquote codify Roe by making it, you know, if if you're the if you're the baby and you can see daylight at the end of the birth canal, nah, not so fast. You're done, right? You, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's up up to the point of delivery. No limits. No no hold. You know, no, no limit poker at this point. And 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 no um, no uh, conscience exemptions for providers either. Correct. I mean, yeah. just totally wide open open season on on babies and so that vote every every democrat in the house except two voted for it every democrat in the senate voted for it it didn't pass but it i mean it went all the way it went as far as you can go without a democratic majority in the united states senate 
So the Democrats were on record doing that. It failed. Thank God it failed. But now because of Dobbs, you have a couple of months in between economic data really being at the forefront. And Democrats started to use the Dobbs case to chip away at the congressional generic ballot lead, to chip away at the national debate. And all of a sudden now all the polls started to quote unquote show leaning more towards the Democrats because the, you know, the feminists were out there, the, the, the people just rabid mad because abortion got got taken away which it didn't get taken away right but you know the 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 paradigm was shifting and here's lindsey graham going well i got to do something about this well i can't i i i I can do something about this i know what i'll do i'll create a stunt i'll create a a a test boat and a stunt boat where i'm gonna force democrats to actually cast a vote against what they claim they want to do, because that's how we do things here in the Senate. That's the political hay I, I will make. Now, in a vacuum, I'm okay with that kind of a tactic. There can be a time and a place to do that. I've got two huge problems with doing that and doing it now. Number one, I'm okay with what the court just did. The argument we've been trying to make for decades to overturn Roe v. Wade is because we don't want a national election on this. This isn't the government's job. This isn't something the Congress needs. It's not the federal government's job. That's what I I meant. It's not the federal government's job. It's not enumerated in the Constitution that the, you know, Article 1 says the legislative branch shall figure out when you can stab a baby to death. It's it's not there. It's not their role. It is up to the states to decide that issue for themselves. And I'm perfectly comfortable and happy to let states hammer that out for themselves. There are going to be states that do. There are going to be states that don't. And that's fine. That's what we do in the Democratic Republic under the under federalism. That's how it's right. supposed to work. Right. So here comes Lindsey Graham to say, no, let's not let the 10th Amendment take over. Let's not do this. I want to do a political stunt first because I think if I do my political stunt, it may stem the bleeding. It may staunch the bleeding that I think is going on in polling because of the Dobbs decision. Okay, fine. I understand that's your heart and that's why you want to do that and that you're a pro-lifer. And I get all that and I respect that. But you're going to try to stage that press conference on the day that the next economic data comes out, that's just as ham-fisted as, as the White House's celebration stunt with James Taylor. Right, right, yeah. It's stupid timing. It's dumb timing. There's there's no rush on this, right? No, let the, first off, let the states I, do let their the, thing. Let the states do their thing. I I, I, I am, I, I get the spirit of what Lindsey Graham wants to do, but it's the wrong approach. At we the really wrong time. At the, the at the wrong time. time. We need now, this election to be focused on the economy and Joe Biden's complete mismanagement of it, mismanagement of it. Joe Biden's complete uh, humiliation in Afghanistan and disgrace in Afghanistan. Yep. Um, we we need the people focusing on Joe Biden as the referendum in this midterm. Republicans. It's the economy stupid. It's, it's yeah. James Carville. It's the economy it's crime. stupid. It's the economy. It's crime. It's Education. The it's 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 yeah. a course parental if, rights if, if household yeah you know household issues crime kitchen table, education kitchen table things thank you that's the word i was looking for 
you know, inflation, economy in general, uh, crime, and um, immigration, and, drugs, yeah. crime, right, all of that. Yeah, and that's and, what's, that's a, and if the Republicans campaign on that, that's their sweet spot. They're going to kick ass from from west to east. I agree. I agree. I think it's a foolish mistake. And I think that I think that Senate Republicans are telling Lindsey Graham that right now. It's the reason why this thing isn't going to go anywhere. Senate, and, yeah, Senate Republicans are like, yeah, it's like that that Jonah Hill thing from the, from the award show. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's exactly what they're doing. <laughs> no, dude, no, 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 don't do that. That's 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 not where we're going right now. Yeah. Um, all right, and then uh, last thing is, you guys talked to Donald Trump this morning. We did indeed. Um, when you and I were doing the after show last night, it wasn't on the calendar. I get up at. Did he just uh, call in? No, no, Hugh. Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> yeah, Donald. Donald from. Uh, from Donald from uh, Mar-a-Lago. From from Florida. Uh, Don in Florida, you're on. Uh, no, what happened was uh, uh, Hugh got uh, he got an email from one of. Um, Trump's com shop. Uh, he's going to be in uh, Youngstown, Ohio, Saturday night doing a rally, and he oh. wanted to. He he asked if he could come on and promote the rally, knowing that he was a big Ohio guy from sure. Youngstown. And he said, "Sure." How much time you got? Uh, we had 24 minutes with him, um, unabated. We blew off a break and just went and went straight through. Right. And um, look, you know, I, here's the best way I can gauge Donald Trump. Right. Jacob, uh, I use Jacob, our our video producer, uh, as as my comedic foil and my and my touchstone for um, resonance. Okay, because right, um, young Jacob, right? Young Jacob, he's eighteen years old. He's in yeah. college. He's we were talking about him last night on the on the after show. He's 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 learning how to do radio. He kind of knows how to cut video. He's 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 learning it. He thinks this is something he wants to do, and. Um, as a, as as a guy that's learning the radio gig he came in and i was giving him the lecture about call screening and and how little we really care about what people think their rights are when they call into a talk show and right. how you're looking for a caller that's going to make what you're talking about look good not you're providing a form and that we owe callers something because we honestly don't they're just a fraction of who your audience is and I gave him the example using Rush Limbaugh's audience. And he dutifully listened to me. And I said, you do know who Rush Limbaugh is. You have no idea who Rush <laughs> He had not a clue. He's 18 years old. He doesn't know. He couldn't. I mean. You know, I, mean, I was just talking to Rush's brother on, on yesterday's. Podcast. I know. Yes. Rush Limbaugh's body's not even fully cooled yet. And he still had no idea who he was. Right. Yeah, that's kind of sad. But yeah. It's kind of sad. Anyway. Um. So this is Jacob. Two days ago, or uh, yesterday on Hugh's show, we played uh, James Taylor's Fire and Rain for every bump all day long, just because we were just leading into that, right? And um, after about an hour of that shtick, I, I go out during the break and I say, hey, Jacob. He goes, yeah. So did you ever hear Fire and Rain before? Nope. Never once. I said, you're going to hear it again? Nope, never will again. <laughs> I said, do you know who James Taylor is? Or did you know who he was before this? Nope. Can you name any other James uh, Taylor song? Nope. Had no no concept, no no clue, because James Taylor's 74. I mean, James Taylor would be 
would be Jacob's great grandfather at this point. Um, right. So now you go to the the, the Jacob index in uh, in applying it to the the current story of the day, right? Right. Um, so we're talking to Donald Trump, and Jacob has never heard Donald Trump before. I mean, he knew he was president, but he was a kid. Brother was, yeah, right. Yeah. He, he, was, he, was, he was in high school. Yeah, you know, uh, unusual as the as the high school junior who actually who is, who, who is politically sentient, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong and with that. There's nothing wrong. I'm not criticizing. I'm not, right. no judgment. There's no judgment here at all. So after the interview is over with, Jacob kind of puts his headphones down and he comes in. And I said, so that was your first Trump interview. He goes, it was. He says, and? He says, I kind of like him. I said, really? He says, yeah. He says, he's, you know, he says, he's got a big ego. He likes himself a lot. I said, yeah, he surely does. <laughs> he says, but when, he said, when you kind of move all that aside, you actually listen to what he's what what he said on 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 the on the on the issues. He made a lot of sense, and it's like, you know what? He may he may have a path back because for the twenty four minutes, a good solid 14, 15 minutes of it was the P.T. Barnum stuff, right? Right. I did this. I did this. You wouldn't have this without me. You wouldn't have done that without me. I did. It's I me mine. I me mine. All the. I mean, just the the, the egotistical stuff. Yeah. And it drives you and me crazy. It drives. It, it drives suburban women crazy. It drives seniors crazy. It drives a lot of people that have been around this rock a few times. Um, it drives them crazy when people can't just you know, show even a modicum of humility, right? Right, right. Yep. But once, but once you carve through all of the bullshit, once you, once you wade through all of that and you listen to him talk about the potential of him being indicted and what he says, I'm telling you, everything was, he said, there was verbal witnesses all the way around. Everything that I had in Mar-a-Lago was declassified, formally declassified, he said it repeatedly. He said, there is no legal grounds for them to indict me. They may do it anyway. Even if they do indict me, it doesn't preclude me from running for president. If I do decide to run for president, he was very direct about it. Uh, Hugh pressed him a little bit on it. And um, he's, I mean, he's going to make Robert Costa have an angina attack today. Um <laughs> But then, you know, then he started talking about the economic numbers. He talked about China's coming real estate collapse and how it could have a, a, a lag here, depending on how we react to it. But he said the, the, the China disaster there actually could be a boon for, for uh, real estate here in the States because you're going to have all sorts of other investment in America as, as the place to be. I mean, he he actually addressed a lot of really good issues and had really good answers to them. But you had to carve through the I me mine Trump stuff to get to the answers. So the long and the short of it is it, it's the same old Trump that that he kind of was when he was president, where yep. most of the time you kind of liked what the policies were and you kind of liked what came out of that White House. 
You just wish somebody would take his iPhone out of his stupid hands and he, and plug it with a double barrel shotgun, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's kind of what you got on the radio this morning. Well, all right. So that's you're you're as we speak, you're working on the uh, well, not as we speak, but after we get off, after we stop doing this, you're going to be working on the transcript should be posted long before this uh, podcast. Uh, yeah, um, pr pretty much pretty much uh, by the time this podcast happens, the the uh, the transcript went up four hours ago. Well, there, OK, there you go. <laughs> so you can go over to youhewitt.com and see that. And, and it's and it's there. <laughs> And it it's um, there, he says provisionally. Yes, yes, that's exactly right. The, the audio is actually already up, even as we're taping this, the audio is up. But by the yeah. time you actually uh, watch or listen to this, the transcript will be up too. Um, I won't well, be. I, I'm going to be dead ass asleep by the time this happens. Well, I got, you know, you usually say, I've got, I've got your first post for the morning, you know, when we're doing the after show. Yeah. I've got your first story for your after show tonight. Oh, tell me. Business Insider, just reporting this uh -oh. four hours ago. A former high-level FBI agent who was involved in the investigation into the Trump campaign's contacts with Russia during the 2016 election has himself come under scrutiny by federal prosecutors for his ties with Russia and other foreign governments. Late, late last year, according to, according to internal court documents obtained by Insider, U.S. attorneys secretly convened a grand jury that examined the conduct of Charles McGonigal, former head of the counterintelligence at the FBI field office in New York City. <laughs> the Justice Department declined to comment on what the grand jury was investigating or whether it I'm remained telling ongoing. You, the more we unpeel this onion, Ed, the more we Please. unpeel this onion, it's time to take the FBI and just take part of it give it to one agency take part of it give it to another agency i'm not sure that agency can be reformed at this point you have got to go through top to bottom with a side to clean out the fbi because so nobody it, it, it's, it it's gets even bad. better it, it gets even better go ahead um a witness subpoena obtained by Insider seems to indicate that the government in part was looking into McGonagall's business dealings with a top aide to Oleg Deripaska, the billionaire Russian oligarch who was at the center of allegations that Russia colluded with the Trump campaign to interfere in the 2016 election. So the only Oleg Deripaska. So the only the only collusion with the Russians that happened in this entire freaking affair was the was the Hillary camp and the FBI. Pretty much. <laughs> They're the only ones that actually physically colluded with the Russians to try to to try to uh, affect the election. Kind of seems that way. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how involved and actually, their Pascal is with McGonagall, but apparently and, and actually worried about it now. And actually, that's what that's what Trump said today is is because uh, he talked about the whole, you know, impeachment hoax one, impeachment hoax two, all that stuff. Yeah. But he said, look, the Russia, Russia's Russia stuff, it never was about me. It never had anything to do with me. Look at what look at who the FBI had on their payroll. He, they had a the, the Russian guy Danchenko. Their, Igor Danchenko, they, yeah. They, they, they the had Danchenko on their payroll. They, they were paying after they, Russia. After they knew that the steel dossier was bad and that he was the source for it. They started right. paying the guy. They, they they started paying the guy uh so the only people colluding was was the DOJ and the FBI. Yeah. This is this is rather interesting. I'm just going to say it's rather interesting. All right. I I will. I, That's coming I will up on start, tonight's after show. I will, I will absolutely cover that story tonight. And by the time this podcast hits hot air, 
it will be a hot air post. I already have it. I have already like I, I, I'm invoking boss privileges. I want this one. <laughs> hey, being the, boss, being the boss, being the boss has his privileges. Good. It's good to be king. <laughs> it is good to be king. Yes. Unless you're Chuck. Yeah. Well, some sometimes it's good to be king. Um, yes. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Well, we could go on forever, but you've got to get sleep. What's coming up on tomorrow's Hugh Hewitt show? Other than this uh, story, which I think well, is part of it too. Donald Trump's going to be on. Right. Uh, or, or the rest of the rest of the, you didn't hear this morning will be on uh, right. Tiffany's Tiffany Smiley, who another column I wrote earlier or uh, that uh, this week that I think is going to appear next week. Yeah. The, the one running for um, Senate in Washington for the Republicans. Yeah. Yes. Um, that's my sleeper race. And I've got lots of reasons why lots of data points in there. Why? And uh, uh, we had Tiffany Smiley on this morning and I'm telling you, there's there's something going on in, in Washington that was even different than what the Dino Rossi race that we were hoping for in 2010. Um, so that's going to be on. We will have a conversation with Dr. Larry Arn, of course. Um, uh, Sonny Bunch will be along doing movies like we normally do. And I think we've got another candidate or two, if I'm not mistaken. We have, oh, Blake Masters is going to be on. Arizona oh, Senate candidate. Uh, Herschel Walker is going to be on Georgia Senate candidates. Wow. Okay. Uh, we're like the go-to spot. If you if you want to hear if you want to hear who's going to have a chance to pull things off and and um, and stymie stymie uh, Joe Biden the way that um, that uh, what's his face in Wisconsin wants to stymie capitalism. Yeah. Um, you know Mandela Barnes. We're the place to come. Well, there you go. That's tomorrow at 6 a.m. Eastern time, 5 a.m. in God's time zone, 3 a.m. on the left coast. If you're a member of the universe, H-U-G-H-N-I-B-E-R-S-A.com, the troll-free web surfing experience for Hugh Hewitt fans and listeners, you can watch it live. If you're not, you're going to have to uh, tune it in on your AM radio dial. And Dwayne, what should people do if they can't find it on their AM radio dial? Um, well, apparently you... Um, you uh bring uh demchenko in with you to a gm's office and you say do you see who i have here do you know who he works for he works for the fbi you don't want the fbi breathing down your neck do you you were going the same direction i was going but i was going to say you bring in oleg Deripaska and just buy the station <laughs> well you can do that too you can do that too we you have if you can't have the employee bring the oligarch Exactly. All right. And if you can't do either one of those things, you go to hughhewitt.com and listen on the stream there. And Or uh, you can read me at hotair.com's VIP section. There you go. Absolutely. Twice a week. I promoted the boss. You did. You, you, you caught me flat-footed. I don't know what to say. I guess I have to bring the coffee the next time. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not I, your I, boss. <laughs> All right, Dwayne, you have yourself a, a, a good afternoon, and we will talk again next week. I got to hurry uh, back and type the transcript that is available four hours ago. There you go. It's like it's like back to the future, kind of, sort of, only with less gadgets. All right, Dwayne, Generalissimo Patterson, thanks for being with us. Stay tuned for just another word for from the Ed Morrissey Show coming right up.
Thank you for watching and listening to the Ed Morrissey Show podcast. Be sure to subscribe at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube to get alerted as soon as new episodes get published. You can support the Ed Morrissey Show and Hot Air's VIP reporting by becoming a VIP member, too. Visit hotairvip.com and use the promo code SAVEAMERICA, all one word, for 40% off your membership. Choose VIP Gold and gain membership to access to all of the town hall sites. Thanks again for watching and listening.